0: Welcome back to The Indie, the podcast from the newsroom of the Santa Barbara Independent. I'm Molly McEnany, the host of The Indie, and this week I'm here with musician Dawson Fuss, a Santa Barbara native who has been a performer all his life but is now taking the next step in his career with his music. Hi Dawson, thanks for coming on the
1: show. Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Of course. So I wanted to start way back when you had your first introduction to the music scene. Mm. You auditioned for Teen Star Santa Barbara and had some pretty great feedback on your work. Can you tell me about that experience?
1: Yeah, I tried out for Teen Star, I think my eighth grade year in middle school, I tried out My voice is probably like four octaves higher and like, you know, prepubescent, greachy voice, not the cutest. But I tried out my freshman year and made it to the final 10 and then made it to the top. I think there were four in the final round that year. um, And I didn't win. And then my sophomore year, I tried out again and made it to the top 10. And uh, I actually got to perform pretty much the second song I ever wrote in front of Randy Jackson, which was insane. I got the email from um, like the, the, talent manager, I guess, the day before the show saying that they were able to secure Randy Jackson as one of the judges. And it was, it was crazy. He said something like a star is born in Santa Barbara. And he said I had swag, which was pretty cool coming from the original swag man.
0: Definitely. So growing up, how did the Santa Barbara music scene shape your sound? I mean, Isla Vista has always had a strong garage and DIY scene. Some of the greats even started their careers there, like Jack Johnson and Steve Ioki. They played at Pico Garage. Badass, Astronaut, and sugar Colt used to frequent the Red Barn. Do you think that this culture has influenced you to get involved in music?
1: Oh, totally. I've always been shocked at how full and diverse the music scene is in Santa Barbara, given it's such a small town. I mean, we have like three or four huge theaters for such a condensed community. I remember I went to MUS and one of the field trips we went on was to see BB King at the Arlington Theater, which was insane because he's like one of the greatest blues singers of all time. And I grew up listening to him on my dad's radio. And uh, you know, I probably didn't appreciate it as much as I would have now given I was like seven years old. but. It was insane. And uh, I started doing musical theater with the Adderley School when I was like five or something. So that definitely shaped my love for music and appreciation for performing in the theater and all that stuff. And especially with like, you know, all the, the smaller venues and um the funk zone and soho and all that stuff is such a great opportunity for musicians like me to get out and perform.
0: Well, I know you mentioned BB King, but where was or is your favorite place to see live music in Santa Barbara if you had to pick one and who have you seen there that really inspired you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I went to my first concert ever probably 4 or 5 months ago. I saw her at the Bowl.
0: I was, was there too. So yeah, good. She's incredible. Oh
1: my god. it was insane not a bad first concert i will say so i would say the bowl just because like as my mom describes it it's like the midpoint between san francisco and la so they just make a stop in santa barbara and we get all these artists we probably wouldn't get if we were in like illinois or something um of this you know a town of the same amount of people so i would definitely say the bowl because we get some phenomenal artists
0: I agree. I know one of my first shows at the bowl when I when I moved to Santa Barbara was the Flaming Lips and Mac DeMarco. Mm. And that was insane. I mean, just going there because, you know, having frequented the Hollywood Bowl as an L.A. native, you go to the Santa Barbara Bowl and it's the same kind of audience, the same kind of vibe. So even though, like you said, Santa Barbara is a small town, it has a big music atmosphere, which is very exciting.
1: And it's also cool seeing people my own age that I don't go to school with. Because I go to school in K- at Kate in Carpinteria, where there's 300 people, most of which are yeah. from out of state and out of the country. So it's cool seeing music lovers like me from, you know, the local high schools or even like San Luis Obispo or, you know, other cities nearby, you know, sharing the same thing in common.
0: So. Congrats on dropping your first EP, The Edge of Adolescence. Thank you. Can you tell me a bit about the songwriting process for this record and how you would personally describe your sound?
1: Yeah, I started writing for it, not knowing I was writing for it, in 2019, I think, in like December of 2019. So that's basically two years ago, which is crazy to think about because it feels like I've been doing this for forever, but also not very long at the same time. But I just wrote songs for fun, and then I started writing with uh, a songwriter at the Music Academy um, named Erlen Weinberg. He lives in um, Nashville now, but he's signed to Santa Barbara Records, and uh, we wrote a ton of stuff, kind of helped me learn to write on my own and how to write songs just from the, the get-go, and I kept writing. I found this website called Sound Better, which got really popular during co- like the peak of COVID. Um, because all these musicians and artists weren't able to be physically in the studio. So it's kind of like this freelance service where you can connect with different artists and stuff uh, and musicians to work on your project. So I found this writer from Denmark that I work with. He actually came up to write with me during Thanksgiving break. And it was like his second time in the States, which was so cool. And then a producer in LA and just this whole community I've built, kind of working on creating my team. Um, from, I mean, a lot of people that I've never met in person, which is so cool. Yeah, I would say that my sound is kind of like indie pop meets like alternative. I don't really know how to describe my sound, but it's kind of to the side of pop, I would say.
0: Well, who are some of your biggest influences then?
1: I would say Rule and like Rex Orange County and Conan Gray. To name a few but i did i love listening to all types of music because i feel like i get inspired from stuff i don't love i can draw little hints of some guitar lick they did that i love that you know i don't hear in you know my genre that i would love to spruce up a little bit
0: yeah taking parts of everything to create your sound that's for sure
1: like the exactly the yeah, buffet. Yeah.
0: Taking it. Yeah,
1: totally. The golden corral. Yeah,
0: the golden of corral of, mu- of music. <laughs> That's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. So your music often deals with growing pains and coming mm-hmm. into adulthood, at least with this EP. And given the state of the world right now between this impending health crisis that is, put a put a damper, put a halt to oh, the live yeah. music scene, uh, bipartisan politics and so on. What message do you want to send to the younger generation coming up in the world right now through your music?
1: Yeah, it's pretty hard, especially for me to look in the future with the current state of our world, because everywhere I look, it's all about these terrible issues like global warming and this pandemic and, you know, all of these things that, that, you know, gets me pretty down when I think too hard about it, especially since, you know, I'm younger and I have to look forward to all that when it gets even more intense. So I think I try to instill a little bit of hope, if possible, um, you know, the fact that it's tough right now, but it's going to get better because I feel like our generation's pretty special in the fact that we, we really care about building a better future for ourselves. Hope is, is something that we all really need, <laughs> something to look forward to. So we're not all just spiraling <laughs> into some pit of darkness.
0: And going off that theme of hope, I mean, for this release, you teamed up with the Trevor Project, where for every pre-save of the EP, a dollar will be donated to the organization. Why did you choose the Trevor Project? And do you think making music to support nonprofit spaces is something you will continue to do in the future?
1: Yeah, I mean, first off, I chose the Trevor Project because it's a cause that's really close to me. Uh, I lost a friend last year to suicide. So it was a a really tough time. and it helped me learn a lot about myself and realize how, even though looking at someone from the outside, you don't know what's going on uh, internally. And especially um, you know, identifying as a gay person, it's really tough coming out nowadays, especially since there's so many you know, social and political issues surrounding that. And putting two and two together, depending on your, your background, it can be a really, really, really dark time. Uh, and that's exactly what the Trevor Project helps out f- with. It's the the world's largest anti-suicide program for LGBT youth. So it like fit perfectly with what I was going through and what I am going through and the message of the EP. So uh, I also think that regardless of how large an artist's platform is, it's really important for them to use their voice to speak up to things that really matter to them you know we see a lot of people nowadays with a lot of power that choose not to use it and it's really a shame because there's so much people can do um with their voice that they choose not to so you know i decided to use my platform however big it is to make a difference because you know each of those dollars matters and could save somebody's life
0: yeah And especially when everyone feels so isolated right now. I mean, we've gone through so many ups and downs Mm -hmm. and peaks with the pandemic that people do feel alone. So it's an important project for sure. But lastly, do you see yourself getting involved in other creative aspects of music? So do you want to get into making more music videos? Are there any upcoming collaborations that you're planning that we could look forward to?
1: Yeah. I mean, as I always tell people that I'm hoping to work with, I, I love to experiment and try different things. The worst thing that can happen is that it doesn't work but the best thing that could happen is it's like completely changes my trajectory so yeah i love like the behind the scenes of you know producing and and music video directing and stuff like that i actually directed my my first music video um hey you which was a lot of fun it was stressful yeah i love all things surrounding music like the business and um everything like that i'm actually looking at um music colleges that incorporate business into their curriculum, because I think it's something so important to learn. But yeah, I'm always keeping my eyes and ears open to new opportunities. Um, it's, It's pretty tough right now, just because everybody is, you know, keeping to themselves and not trying to put themselves out there too much for like safety reasons. But as soon as things open up, I'm so down to, to collaborate with other artists and write a ton with new people and new producers and stuff like that. So I'm looking forward to the day we can say this pandemic is officially over so I can <laughs> spread my wings a little more than the, the corners of my room.
0: I think we're all looking forward to that, definitely. And exciting to see how much creativity will kind of explode again. Maybe a new renaissance now.
1: I think so, because it's crazy how much the music industry has changed over these last couple years like the importance of social media in yeah. the music scene for better or for worse but it's insane how much this is all going online like virtual concerts and virtual writing sessions and it's changed both on the the receiving end of the music and also behind the scenes of of actually putting music together it's and promoting yourself it's insane how somebody can basically go viral overnight and be signed a record deal the next day. It's it's a really awesome opportunity for independent artists.
0: And things are moving so much quicker than they used to. I mean, just in the last 30, 40 years, the amount Mm -hmm. of people who have fully invested themselves into their career and seen benefits coming from that, you know, they've seen their careers take off. So but yeah, it also does go hand Mm -hmm. in hand, you kind of have to master that social media aspect being present, but also keeping time to yourself, like making sure your, you know, mental health is okay, you're not getting sucked into it. It's definitely a balance. Oh,
1: yeah. It is such a balance.
0: I mean, the closest thing to live music lately that I've been watching NPR Tiny Desks. I mean, all the yeah. home ones. <laughs>
1: that's as close as we're getting. I right. know, exactly. I love Tiny desks so much. That's that's probably one of the dreams to be able to sing behind that tiny, tiny, desk. tiny,
0: tiny desk with all those knickknacks. Of course. Well, we'll see. We'll see what 2022 <laughs> has in store. But lastly, yeah, we'll see. this is Dawson Fuss, everyone local Santa Barbara musician. Go check him out. Available on Spotify, Apple Music. And it was wonderful speaking with you today. It was great to speak with you too. Thank you. Once again, I'm Molly McEnany, host of The Indie. Tune in next week for another episode.